Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Before we begin, if you like what you hear on Mile High Report Radio Podcast, don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, and go ahead and click subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Mile High Report Radio with your hosts, Adam Malnati and Ian St. Clair. Get involved with the Denver Broncos conversation at milehighreport.com. And now, it's time to get to work. All right, Ian, well, uh, finally, week 17 for the Denver Broncos. And it brings about the most ridiculous conversation that we have to have. And that is about winning and losing. Because in Broncos country, over the course of the last five years, this last game has been, dare I say, meaningless. Now, I know people are going to get mad. Just calm your sphincters and, and hear us out here. But this game is absolutely meaningless. And that doesn't mean you should stop listening either. But this game is absolutely meaningless. It's a glorified exhibition game. Both teams have been eliminated from the playoffs. They're not playing for anything. If anything, the Broncos are playing for a draft position because that's what they're playing for. And for all of those who are saying it, and we have heard it a lot the last four years, because the last four years they've had four straight losing seasons. Five years ago, they were 9-7. and seven. That was the year after the Super Bowl. They still didn't make the playoffs, so they're on five straight years without the playoffs, four straight losing seasons. There's always been this argument from fans and some in the media who say, you want to end the season on a high note. You want to win. 
because you carry over the momentum to the next season. All right. Neither one of us base anything on numbers. We don't like math. It's all about eye test for us. But here is a case where it works because it supports my argument. So I'm going to use numbers. That's what numbers are for. Two of the last four years, the Broncos have beat the Raiders to end the regular season. 2016, last season. Each season subsequent to that win, the Broncos were worse the next year. That's a, uh, I mean, if, if there isn't a better argument right there, I, I don't know what there is. Another one I'm going to make is is one that I'm going to give credit to Scotty on this. He said this, and I think it's incredibly uh, smart. Don't tell him I said that. And it's about momentum. And essentially what he said was you can't pack momentum up into a bag and then take it out eight months later and expect it to be the same. In other words, momentum doesn't come with you in the NFL. Momentum isn't a thing that you get to bring along. Think about it this way. The Denver Broncos down the stretch in 2019 were 4 and 1. They had a horrible loss to the Chiefs, but the rest of the way they were good. They uh, Drew Locke was good. The offense was good. The defense was good. Were they great? No, but they were good. Where is that momentum? Did they lose it in transit? Was it in a box that got put in the storage room when they moved? No, it doesn't come with you. Momentum saw 2020 coming and said, "Yeah, I think I'll stay back here." So so don't don't bring momentum into it when you bring in this argument because really what's happening here and and let me just be clear I'm not rooting for the Broncos to lose on Sunday I'm not I can't it's not in my blood I won't do it but I can recognize the reality that a win hurts them in the long run no matter who they're playing and so yes I know it's the Raiders and yes I understand that they're the biggest rival and all that wonderful stuff Losing to the Raiders is better in the long run, and I know that. My brain tells me that. My heart won't allow for me to to listen to it, and I'll still cheer on Sunday. But I know the truth. I know the truth. But but here's the thing. This momentum idea and this, this notion that you can carry it over to the next season, it doesn't hold water. And, and just as you said, Ian, two of the last four years, they had the momentum and they they left it behind. They left it behind because it's not a real thing. Because players change teams. Injuries, retirements, new coaches. There's so many variables that play into an offseason. That whatever you do in week 17 in an NFL season where your team is a losing team that isn't going to make the playoffs. Doesn't matter. Because it won't affect you moving forward. Except for your draft position. That is the only thing that it will impact when it comes to the following season. And so, unfortunately, think think with your brain here. You know where this is going. Unfortunately, you know where this is going. Speaking of that draft position, the Broncos are currently in 10th for the NFL draft. If they win, they could fall down to 15th. If they lose, they can't pick worse than 10th. But with some help, they could pick fifth. Fifth or 15th. That goes back to the whole purgatory thing that you and I have been talking about for the last couple of weeks. If they win, they're mired in purgatory yet again in a position where you can't get anything at 15th that's going to change your organization. Fifth, you can 
if John Elway, Matt Russell in the front office, choose wisely. 15th, you're basically whatever the top 14 teams above you have done, you're left with who's ever the best player on your board. Not really going to change the needle much. Think about, you, you make a good point. What position was Jerry Judy selected in, in the 2020 draft? Was it 14th, four, 14th, I believe. Yeah, 14th. Are the Broncos better because they selected Jerry Judy? I would argue yes, actually. But is their record better? No. Because Jerry Judy, for as, as good as I think he's going to be, and we'll get to Jerry Judy here in a little bit, but for as good as I think he's going to be, you're picking a guy that's not going to be a franchise playing guy at 14, 15, 16 in the middle of the first round. Impact player? Absolutely. Guy who's going to make a difference? Sure. Franchise changing? No. Can you find that in the top five? Yeah. Yeah, you can. And I, I hear you, Kansas City Chiefs fans yelling at me, but Patrick Mahomes was a 14th pick in the I, I get it. Is it possible to hit? Yeah. Is it there? Sure. Are there guys that could change your franchise at 14 or 15? Probably. But the likelihood of it is not as great as if you're picking in picks one through five. You know, I, I had somebody, as I tweeted about this earlier, I had somebody say, never lose to the Raiders, even if it means giving up the first pick in the draft. You would trade Trevor Lawrence for a meaningless win against the Raiders? If you were picking first in this draft, but you have to lose to ensure that, you would rather win and lose out on Trevor Lawrence? Insanity. Now, obviously, the back and forth, he came to my side and was like, yeah, 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 I get it. But also, insanity. That's insanity. Yeah, it, it really is. And you did that to trigger me because Patrick Mahomes shouldn't have been there at 14 because... Ryan Pace and the idiot Chicago Bears drafted Mitch Trubisky after they traded up to get Mitch Trubisky. Would they Mitch, Patrick Mahomes should be in Chicago. He should be the starting quarterback for the Bears. Well, would they have taken Mahomes or would they have taken Deshaun Watson? Because there was also Deshaun Watson in that draft. You could argue that they would have taken Watson if they hadn't taken Trubisky. I, I understand where you're going with that. Because Watson was the fourth pick in that draft. And so Mahomes ended up going uh, as the third quarterback. I mean, it's like he was, or the fourth quarterback in that draft. He was way down the list, if if you will, uh, give me the, you know, give if you will give me that number of way down the list because he was. Speaking of the Texans, you talk about a horrible situation. Uh, oh my God, they're what like third right now in the NFL draft. And their pick is going to the Dolphins, who are going to be in the playoffs this year. That's how you run a franchise. Yeah. They got their franchise quarterback. They made deals thinking about the future instead of holding on to guys too long. And they found an idiot partner to deal with in Bill O'Brien. That, that seems unfair. <laughs> but that's how you do it. That's how you rebuild. The Dolphins are in the situation because they looked to the future. They didn't think about, well, we got to hold on right now. We got to win right now. Instead of thinking a couple of years or seasons down the line, look at where the Dolphins are compared to the Broncos. 
Yeah, which which franchise would you rather be cheering for right now? Obviously, you would much rather have your franchise going into the playoffs and getting the third pick in the NFL draft. That's like that's like some sort of cheat code or something right there. I love that. So it's here's here's the issue, and and you brought this up, and I'll let you give the numbers. But the Denver Broncos have been in this situation for the last four years in particular. You almost can't count the year after the Super Bowl. You're trying to re uh, you know redo the magic with the defense and hope that Trevor Simeon or Paxton Lynch or whoever was going to be the quarterback Mark Sanchez was almost the quarterback that year hope that you can sort of retread that uh, you almost throw that out they missed the playoffs they went nine and seven whatever but then every year since then has been awful it has been not fun. It has been ridiculous. Now, I, I would argue that the Vance Joseph years were a continuation of that retread attempt, trying to use those veterans to, to create a, you know, a Super Bowl run or a playoff team when there really wasn't one there. Maybe he didn't get the right support that he needed. This Vance Joseph era, I, or Vic Fangio era, I think is a little bit different in the building process and what they're trying to do from a front office perspective. Still, I don't care. Both eras suck. So... It's like we're just kind of living in this. And and you mentioned it, and I, the numbers are interesting, but it's this constant losing that has us all, like, so tight, wound, and frustrated and angry with each other. I mean, we're eating our own on Twitter. It's just awful. Andrew Mason was the first to point it out, and I put it in my preview at playcolorado.com. With the 1916 loss to the Los Angeles Chargers, the Broncos recorded their third season with double-digit losses in the last four years. Mace added, <clears throat> Denver had just three years with 10 or more losses in the previous 49 seasons. From 1968 through 2016, those three years were 1990, 1999, and 2010. That's the reason for impatience from some in Broncos country, because you have to go back to the early 60s when it was horrid for the Denver Broncos. From 1968 to 2016, the Broncos had three double-digit losing seasons. This organization has now done it three times in the last four years. Those three seasons are actually kind of fascinating, too, because that 90 team, that's the year after they got absolutely murdered by the 49ers in the Super Bowl. Or no, I, that's, I still haven't watched it. No, that's fine. It's, 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 don't worry about it. And then that <laughs> the 99 team was the year after Elway retired and Terrell Davis had his knee injury that effectively ended his career. Uh, which pretty much destroyed the franchise for a while. Although in 05, they ended up going to the AFC Championship game. I don't want to talk about it. And then 2010 was the Josh McDaniels explosion or implosion, if you will. And, and the, was, the Josh McDaniels error. Yeah, it was just sort of an, the end of that com- complete debacle. And then, and then it took a while, but not very long. Think about where we are. We're 10 years after that. We're sort you're sort of looking at like every 10 years the Broncos are awful, but this is an extended period of awful that we've entered here for the Denver Broncos. And and, and this 
is going to be a conversation throughout the offseason. We've been talking about it throughout the entire regular season. This is stemming from the issues at the ownership level because if you notice, 1990 was a bad year. 91 was not. 1999 was a bad year. 2000 was not. I think they won 11 games in 2000. And then they and they actually played one of the most exciting games in the NFL that year. That was the year that they went wire to wire with the defending champion St. Louis Rams and one of the funnest games I've ever watched in the NFL. And then in 2010, after that, 2011, well, well you know, it took a while. It took a while for Peyton to show up, but he got here. <laughs> he got here. And it, it's not just the ownership. It's also the lack of a quarterback. And until Drew Locke can consistently do it, not have flashes in the fourth quarter, not do it against a bad defense, and he still struggled against the defense and the Chargers that was missing its top pass rushers and Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram. And they still struggled to move the ball. I think Joe Rolls had... I'm going to have to find it now Uh-oh. and you can research. I can, you can chime, you can talk about it, but he still struggled. And until he gets the consistency figured out, there's going to be this question on drew lock. Yeah. And here's the problem with the drew lock conversation. And I'll kind of jump in on it here just because it is something that you have to recognize. And I mentioned it earlier. It has Broncos country sort of eating their own here. We, we are at each other's throats. We've, we've, found ourselves in these two different quarterback camps. And it's really no different, if you will, from the Paxton Lynch, Trevor Simeon argument about which quarterback was going to be the right choice when quite frankly, both choices were bad. And so we, we ended up in that, in that argument. And, and I know that's what fan bases do. We argue, like we get into uh, these discussions about different players in the future and, and who can do what. And and I'm not going to, I'm not going to murder Drew Locke here with my words and say he's awful. But the the fact is, as this season has gone on, he has not improved as much as people would like. Has there been some progression? Sure. And, And I've had that conversation with lots of people. But incremental progression in the NFL doesn't get it done. And it actually is an indicator that your progression is going to find its limit or its peak sooner than you would like. And and the hardest part about all of this is the Josh Allen comparison. The Josh Allen comparison is the worst comparison we can make. And believe me, I made it. Okay, I jumped in on that quickly. I was like, yeah, Josh Allen, that's great. Josh Allen from year two to year three grew exponentially. Exponentially grew. If you look at what he did in 2019 to what he is doing in 2020, which is incredible. Part of that, I suppose you could say, is the consistency of the coaching staff. Part of that is just his talent level. Watch that guy play football. It's incredible. Part of it is how much work he put in. Part of it is the weapons around him. They brought in Stephon Diggs, who, that's not a terrible security blanket. There are so many factors there. And I don't believe, watching Drew Locke these last few weeks, that he's on that trajectory. I don't believe that that's something that can happen. Maybe it can, but I don't think it's normal for those kinds of things to happen. So this, this comparison stuff, this argument about what Drew Locke is going to be or not going to be or whatever, 
it's going to play out in 2021. I don't think there's any doubt about that. It's really not even worth banging your head against your desk over it. But just just realize, if you're expecting a Josh Allen-style progression, it, it doesn't look like it's there. It looks more likely that, that Drew Locke is rounding out to be what we have called a, a pretty solid backup quarterback in the NFL. And Joe Rolls shows that. Drew Locke to Jerry Judy against the Chargers. Six of 15 for 61 yards. Drew Locke to everyone but Jerry Judy. 18 of 32 for 203 yards. No touchdowns. Two interceptions. That second interception I don't care about. But the one was was bad enough that you could count it as two. And there's going to be a talk about data and film, like the film shows that he's making he's making progress and he's getting better. Okay. At, at this point, it really doesn't matter. Unless he comes out on Sunday and has another game like he had the first time they played the Raiders, where Locke threw four interceptions. Unless he has a game similar to that, he's going to be the guy in 2021. With a caveat that the Broncos are probably going to add a veteran for competition, which means we're going to get Trevor Simeon, Paxton Lynch 2.0. Because I don't understand it. You can't say that he's getting better, he just needs time, and then get a vet that steals reps from the quarterback who needs them. That just doesn't make any sense to me. You're not doing a service to Drew Locke. You're basically straddling the fence saying, well, it could be Drew Locke, but we're going to bring in a vet just in case, and we're going to take reps away from the quarterback who needs them. So, I, I mean, you, it's, we it's said like this making, on yeah. Sunday. It's making it's making a bet. It's a it's a it's a it's a Texas Hold'em bet where you're essentially pot committed, and instead of just going all in, you you push all but one big blind in and go, eh? I'm, I'm still here. I've got one big blind. Like what? what? Okay, enjoy your one big blind. You're it's not going to work out. You either have to, and and you're right. We did say this already, but we I guess we'll say it again because we have to. You're either going to go all in and say Drew Locks the guy, and you'll just I don't know, stick with whoever. You could even just stick with Driscoll or I don't know. It doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter who the backup is at that point. You're either going to go all in on Drew Locke or you have to say we're not 100% sure and you then you have to do something in the draft. If, if, if in my opinion, and this is probably a conversation for a different show as well, but in my opinion, if you can't go all in on Drew Locke this offseason and, and say this is what we're going to do in 2021 – then you should be doing everything you can to move up in the draft if you have to, to draft a, a quarterback like a la Zach Wilson or Justin Fields. So, seriously, that's what has to happen. And and if you're telling me that bringing in Andy Dalton or Nick Foles is going to make Drew Locke better, only if you're telling me you're bringing him in to be the backup 100% and he won't take any reps away from Drew Locke. Otherwise, you're stunting the kid's growth even further, which has been stunted by injury and being on bad teams and changing offensive coordinators. And you're just doing the whole team a disservice. 
and I'm I'm fairly certain they'll screw it up. So I'm not even going to continue to talk about it because I know they're going to bring in a guy like Andy Dalton and they'll split reps and we'll just be mired in this conversation for another year. And that's just that's our future. That is that is our future as fans of the Denver Broncos right now. That's all there is, right? Yeah, I mean that that's really all there is. And I'm I'm trying to find it because he's the first one who had it. And here we go. Luke Luke Patterson, friend of the show, he's with Mile High Huddle now, had a, a tweet quoting Mike Kliss, who told Darren McKee on 1043 the fan on Monday this from Kliss to DMAC. John Elway still likes Sam Darnold. He loved him three years ago, and he still likes him now. Kliss added, Elway's going to look everywhere. He's going to look at the veteran QB and look in the draft. Great. You can go shake some trees. Keep swinging. Wonderful. <laughs> I don't want Sam Darnold. I don't want Andy Dalton. I don't want I don't I don't want anybody. I want I either want you to say Drew Locke's the guy, go all in and do that, or Drew Locke ain't it and we're gonna find somebody in the draft. Don't retread at this point. This team isn't good enough for that. This offense isn't good enough for that. This 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 team needs a a true rebuild. That's what this team needs. And it feels like they're halfway to that in this Vic Fangio era, which is kind of the difference I was talking about with Vance Joseph and Vic Fangio. With Vance Joseph, it was all retread, and that's just what they were trying to do. With Vic Fangio, it feels like they're just they're rebuilding and and really trying to rebuild without rebuilding, and it's just not gonna work. You gotta you gotta go all in on that. And I I know that most people out there are, are sort of done with Drew Locke, but I also know there's an, enough people out there who think he's great and he could be great, blah, blah. I don't care. I just want the Broncos to to make a decision. Either fold and and try and find somebody else, which is fine. Do what Washington did and cut the guy if you need to. I mean, Dwayne Haskins isn't in Washington anymore. Now, what Dwayne Haskins was to the Washington football team is a lot different than what Drew Locke is to the Denver Broncos. I will say that. But you fold and you have all of your chips in front of you still and you can play another hand. Or you push all in, you you either win it all or you lose it all, and then you and then you go and find another quarterback. But you can't keep doing this halfway BS that doesn't actually make the team better. And just to bring it back to what this conversation is about, if you beat the Raiders on Sunday you're mired in purgatory with the 15th pick and you're not going to be able to make any franchise changing moves anyway. So what does winning get you another losing season? Probably. Either way, we're still on Effettville. still living there. Still living there. All right. Can we, can we say one thing about the Jerry Judy thing before we move on to previewing the game? Punch yourself in the nuts. Broncos country, those of you who decided to take your frustration out on this poor kid who who had a bad game. That was that was very dis we talked about it after the game. How disheartening was it to see so many people choose to go on to social media where you are 100% safe from any real repercussions and and just go after some rookie who had a bad game. Such a bad look. Such a bad look, not just for Broncos country, but for humanity in general. I was so I was so disappointed. That was atrocious. 
it makes me want to just delete all my social media stuff and move on because it just, it breaks your heart that, that people are that way about a football game. You can get fired up without being an awful person. I try and do it all the time. I might be an awful person, but I try not to be. I was embarrassed. I mean, and for those who don't know, it's the Instagram comments that people made to Jerry Judy. I get it. You're disappointed your team lost, but come on. We we talked about Devontae Adams and the issues that he had with drops early in his career. Ryan Konisberg with DNVR pointed out the GOAT, Jerry Rice, having drop issues his rookie year. I mean, come on. It happens. It happens. It's a bad day. He didn't have drop issues at Alabama. And at this point, it's not a drop issue. It's not a talent issue. It's not a hands issue. It's a mental issue. For anyone who has watched 10 Cup, Jerry Judy has the yips. And he's going to have to dress that ridiculous outfit that Cheech Marin made 10 Cup wear and turn his hat backwards. You got to take your change and put it in a different put it in pocket. A different pocket. That's what he needs to do. He needs to get out of his head. If he's playing with change in his pocket, he probably should not play with change in his pocket. I'm just saying football. And and I'm going to go a step further than this. I don't usually like calling out media people, but Sean Keeler should not write another column for the Denver Post again. That was disgraceful, what he did. I get it. You're a columnist. Mark Kislow, Woody Page, Dave Krieger, Bernie Lincecum, Sam Adams. Longtime column, Jim Armstrong before he got caught up in the sports betting issues that he had. But Sean Keeler is a disgrace. He's a disgrace to journalism. He's a disgrace to the pages of the Denver Post. The pages of the Denver Post that are just a bunch of ads popping up in your face half the time. I mean, the the print media in Denver is 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 a, a sorry state as it is, but I, yeah, I, I, I tweeted about that petty and childish is what I called that. And, and here's what I, I don't like. And this is what the argument against Jerry Judy is for people who are jumping on social media and, and pounding the kid for his drops. It's well, he shouldn't have tweeted what he tweeted about, about his getting his, his conditioning in. Okay. So that, that gives you license to, to treat somebody in a, in a way that is less than human. That is, that is, that shows your true colors. He had a, he had a, a couple of bad tweets. Raise your hand. If you've never sent a bad tweet, you're a liar. Put your hand down unless you're not on Twitter or on Instagrams. I, everybody does it. Everybody hits sends hits send and then wishes they didn't. And, and I understand it would have been better if he would have hovered over that send button and then hit delete instead. I, I agree with that. He shouldn't have said that. It's a learning opportunity. Maybe Crash Davis needs to teach him how to do interviews. You win some, you lose some, and sometimes it rains. Think about it. Just glad to be here. Hope to help the ball club. I mean, you know, I get it. And until you win in the show, you can't have fungus on your shower shoes. That's true. It makes you a slob. If you do win 20 in the show and you have fungus on your shower shoes, the press will think you're colorful. I just, we could do Crash Davis quotes all day if we wanted to. It, it, that one was disheartening. We we talked yeah, about it, and you, it could really see, you could see it coming, and it, and it happened anyway. 
And I, I get it. You're frustrated. You're upset. And not all of us could have had Alvin Kamara going in our fantasy football league and Tom Brady and Mike Evans and Gaskin from Miami. Yeah, I did score 197 points in my fantasy f- football third place championship game. Third place championship game. That's what I'm going to put it, call it because I scored a lot of points. But Jerry Judy didn't deserve that. Sorry. I don't care what he tweeted. I don't care what he said. Jerry, no human beings do not deserve that. All right, let's preview this game. Oh, yay. <laughs> let's go ahead and get to it. Um, I guess, should we start with keys just to kind of get them out of the way? Keys to the game? No significant injuries. Yeah, I think that works. I, I'm going to continue my, my Jerry Judy rant, and I'm just going to say I'd like to see him have a bounce back game. I, I'd like to see him make a few catches, maybe score a touchdown, just to kind of show that he's all right. You know, just to kind of show that, hey, he can he can bounce back. He can have a bad game, and then he can come back from it. Aside from that, I, I mean, the keys are all the same. Don't fumble. Don't throw interceptions. Win the field position battle. Time of possession. Run the football. I think Did I get them all? I think I nailed it. If I missed anything, let me know. That's it. Player to watch? Drew Locke. Yeah. Jerry Judy. Why not? Because, you know, it's a theme. We'll stick with it. On defense? No, nah, not really. Oh, Shelby Harris for sure. Is he going to play? Hey, could it be his last game in Denver? Well, there you go. I think that's why he's the guy to watch because he's he's the best player on defense right now, and you might you might have to watch him in a different uniform moving forward. So so watch Shelby Harris. Why not? Prediction? Uh, I'm gonna go Raiders 34, Broncos 13. Okay, I like that. I'm gonna go with the uh, Raiders 30. Who gives a rats to the Broncos 20? Nobody. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll do a whip around the league, and then we'll we'll, we'll finish it up. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply. All right, we're back. Let's go ahead and uh, jump right in. Uh, we're we're going to do things a little differently this week. Week 17, we're heading into the playoffs. Uh, and we aren't, right? I mean, the Broncos are going to go home and try and carry momentum into 2021. Uh, sorry. But, I see what you did there. Yeah, thank you. Uh, but uh, there are some teams that, that do have a shot at playing uh, beyond week 17, and there are some that are already guaranteed a spot. And so let's let's talk a little bit about the playoffs. Let's talk a little bit about what's going to happen in the NFL moving forward. So the top three seeds are pretty much set. The Kansas City Chiefs have home field advantage throughout the playoffs. The Bills and Steelers are tied at 12-3 and three heading into the final week of the season. Mike Tomlin has already said that he's going to rest his players against – Uh, the Cleveland Browns. So I would say that it's more than likely that the Bills are going to finish with the number two seed. The Steelers will be the number three seed. 
which leaves the AFC South. If Tennessee wins, and I don't remember who they're playing on Sunday. Um, let's see. The Titans are playing the Texans. So they should win. They'll win the AFC South. Probably. So that leaves, that leaves the five seed, which is Miami. They win, they're in. The Dolphins, at this point, they are playing the Buffalo Bills. So that's where it could get interesting. Because is Sean McDermott going to follow a Mike Tomlin and rest his players in this game? Since, remember, only the top seed in both conferences now gets the bye in the first round. So the two and three seeds both will play on wild card weekend now. So that's where this could get interesting because if the Dolphins lose, that could open the door for the Colts because they're on the outside looking in right now. And that's one of the scenarios that the, that the Colts can get in. I don't see Cleveland or Baltimore losing. Cleveland is playing Pittsburgh without its starters, and Baltimore is playing, I believe, Jacksonville. Uh, Baltimore is oh, no, actually Cincinnati. at Cincinnati. Yeah, and then the Colts are playing Jacksonville. Yeah. So I mean, if if you're looking at it here, uh, I, I think it's really actually fascinating what's happening between Buffalo and Pittsburgh. Buffalo owns the uh, tiebreaker, the head-to-head tiebreaker. Uh, so if both teams lose, Buffalo wins on on the head-to-head scenario. Uh, also, uh, like you said, Pittsburgh is going to rest everybody, and Cleveland is playing for their playoff lives. If they lose, there's a shot at at not making the playoffs at ten and six, one of their best seasons in recent history. Uh, Eleven and five would pretty much guarantee them a spot in the playoffs. I don't know that there's a scenario where they win and they're out. So there's not. So if Cleveland, if Cleveland wins, they're in. For the first time in 18 years. Yeah, so if you feel bad Brown now, Broncos country. <laughs> if you feel bad now, Broncos country, you've got 13 years before we catch up to that. Uh, it, it is, I don't think there's a scenario where Baltimore or, or Cleveland loses. Uh, no, Baltimore is in Cincinnati, but they're rolling. They have been playing very well. They've, they've got that figured out, it looks like. I, I also don't know. Uh, you know, with Miami, I, I think Miami could beat Buffalo because Buffalo is probably looking at the scenario with Cleveland and thinking to themselves, yeah, they're going to beat the the Steelers, and so we can rest our players as well. So to me, it, I almost feel like if you look at this, even though there's a, a just a myriad of scenarios that could play out, I think that the, the AFC playoff picture is pretty much set. I'd be surprised if you see any big changes. Because I, I just don't see it. I mean, could you imagine a scenario where the Bills lose and the Steelers win? I, the, really? I, I just don't see that. I, I do not see that happening. So, I think the most likely the most likely scenario, because the Colts are on the outside looking in, their loss to the Steelers hurt them big time. And they were leading throughout most of the game, and Big Ben and the Steelers came back to win. That could that could cost them the playoffs because they they need to we, they need to beat Jacksonville, which they'll do. But then they need help, and as you as we both said, the Browns and the Ravens are not going to lose. So it's up to Miami. If Miami loses, the Colts are in, and that will depend on what Sean McDermott does. And I I'm with you. I think he's going to go. He's going to pull him on a Mike Tomlin, 
and rest his players to get ready for that that wild card weekend where where they will play probably the Cleveland Browns. I think that's basically the the, the scenario right now. The, the the Bills would play the Cleveland Browns. I also you could also see a, a scenario where Tennessee loses to Houston because it is in Houston. And I, I don't think they will. Uh, Houston is a bad team, but they've got a great quarterback. I'm a big Deshaun Watson fan. Uh, and, and so, you know, I'm, I'm sort of – I'm all in on Deshaun Watson as well. I, he could potentially lead them to a win. You had J.J. Watt give one of the more inspirational uh, post-game speeches uh, about getting up for a football game. I think that, that that can sort of carry them into the game. And it's possible that they could steal a win against uh, Tennessee – which would then also give Indianapolis a shot. I, I don't think it's going to happen. I, I don't see that happening because Tennessee is – you you're in a win and you're in situation, lose, and then there's lots of other things that could happen situation, right? So you win and you're in. But it's possible. It's, it's possible that Tennessee could slip out of the playoffs. I don't, they don't have the little clinched little Y next to, their, next to their team name. And then if you really want to scroll down and look at it, you can see that the Broncos are eliminated if you want to – Keep scrolling down. Don't do it. It's not fun to look at. And then in the NFC, it's it's basically a cluster. But if Green Bay wins, they get home field advantage, which is probably going to happen since they play the Chicago Bears. Who, in Chicago, and Mitchell Trubisky's the truth, and they're playing for a playoff spot. If Chicago wins, they're in. I, I'm not sure I'm ready to just write this game off yet. I am. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams playing for home field. They, I mean, they do have to win this game to get home field advantage. They True. win, they get home field advantage. And that is still, as we've said on a previous podcast, that's the biggest home field advantage in the NFL, not because of anything but it's Lambeau Field in the frozen tundra. And would you rather play Drew Brees in the Superdome or at Lambeau Field? Would you rather play Russell Wilson in Seattle or in Lambeau Field? Well, I'm not. I'm. I'm. I don't disagree with you. the 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 Packers are. Uh, the Packers are likely to win that game, actually. And the reason I say that is because they always beat the Bears. Always. There. There is never. I can't remember the last time the Packers lost to the Bears. I, I was several years ago, and so, I, yeah, they're probably going to win that game, but. Chicago's playing for their playoff lives as well. And if Arizona wins and Chicago loses, I believe Arizona holds the tiebreaker uh, as I'm looking at this. I am, I could be wrong. Uh, let me, let me, let me make sure I'm looking at this right. If Arizona wins, the Cardinals are in. Oh, no matter what. Mm-hmm. Well, no, if Chicago wins, they're in. According to this, Chicago can clinch a playoff berth with a Chicago win. Or an Arizona loss. But if Arizona wins, the Cardinals are in. Chicago is in with a win. The Rams are in with a win. There's so, so, there's, so many things that could happen in the end. I hate the NFC scenarios because I don't understand. And then the <laughs> NFC East. Oh, my <laughs> Lord. The, the football team can win it. with a. They can win the division over the Eagles with a win. Then if if the Eagles if the Eagles win that game and Dallas wins then Dallas wins the division it's so it's so messed up in, in, in FC East it's like 
which awful team is going to make it. I, I, I will say this. I, I, even the Giants have a shot. If you look at the Giants, uh, the New York can clinch the NFC East with a New York win and a Washington loss. I think as long as um, as Dallas, as long as Dallas loses, or do, or do they play Dallas? I think they play each other. Oh. I think Dallas and the Giants play each other. So if, if the Giants win, yeah, and, they do. And Washington football team loses, then a six and ten Giants team makes the playoffs. Th- think about that for just a second. If the Giants win and the Washington football team loses, then a 6-10 Giants team makes the playoffs. They're currently the number 8 pick in the draft. So they could go from (laughs) picking in the top 10 to being in the playoffs. Think about it this way. Do you want a top 10 pick or do you want a chance to be one and done in the playoffs? If I'm the Giants, if I'm a fan of the Giants, I I might be – I might be sort of in Broncos countryville, sort of like eh, maybe we should, maybe we should lose this game. You really need just one. Like, what is one more game going to do for you? Nothing, but a top ten pick. That number four seed plays Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, you're not you're not winning that game. No, nobody from the NFC East is winning, in my opinion. I, I'm sorry. Once you get into the playoffs, generally speaking the teams are what the teams are. You're not going to get too many surprises. Every once in a while you get some uh some moments like when Tennessee beat Baltimore in 2019. That was that was interesting. That definitely changed some things. But for the, the most Seahawks part, over the Saints. Sure. That kind of stuff. Mode. Yeah. That kind of stuff happens. But for the most part, when it's this type of disparity, when you're looking at a team that could be 6 and 10 and in the playoffs, I I, I mean, you're not going anywhere. I would almost I would almost rather be out of the playoffs if I was the Giants. They might consider resting Daniel Jones. I'm just saying that's a that's a possibility for sure. What, what an awful division! <laughs> I'm just looking at it, oh. laughing. And then the Rams, who if they win, they're in, but they're not going to have Jared Goff because he just had surgery on his thumb. And I think Cooper Cup was just placed on the COVID list. That game's interesting because I believe Kyler Murray could be out for that game as well. So who knows what's going to happen there? If Kyler Murray is out and Jared Goff is out, who who wins that game? That's actually a, a crazy scenario that, that could help the, bear, the Bears. <laughs> I don't know how, but it could. But as we sit here... One team we're not talking about is the Denver Broncos. You've been listening to Mile High Report Radio. Get involved in the discussion at milehighreport.com. And as always, go Broncos.